Striving and Thriving is the career development podcast inspiring you to make some bold changes. It's time to sweat the big stuff. Each week, we speak to industry figureheads at different stages of their journey to understand what it takes to successfully manage your career. I'm your host, Laura Johnson, and today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Siobhan Carlson, marketing manager and B2B marketing enthusiast. To get us started, can you tell us a little bit about your career background and your current role? Yeah, absolutely. So my career, I did study marketing, but kind of as a secondary choice. When I left school, I went into a science degree and I thought that I wanted to be a pharmacist and then very quickly realized within about 12 months that I absolutely hated it. So I had this big epiphany and whatever and went to the the counselor at at uni and and said, "I've, I've had this epiphany. I want to study graphic design. They're like, okay. So I changed it to design, which was so sideways from anything scientific, but loved it. And then thought probably to appease my parents, I should probably do something that sounds a little bit more sensible. So I'll add a uh, double degree in, in marketing in as well. And so I had these things that, you know, this impression that I would end up being a designer, but actually fell more in love with the marketing side and could see that being able to connect those sorts of creative outcomes to business outcomes was really exciting and found that marketing was a way to combine both. So make some coin, but also be in tune with my creative side as well. But when I left uni, I had a three-day holiday. I'm originally from Queensland. I had a three-day holiday in Melbourne. And at the end of that three-day holiday, I decided to move to Melbourne with my partner. We moved about six weeks later and with no jobs and nothing to do. So I ended up landing in recruitment and spent a couple of years there. But it was interesting in that recruitment organization. It was a really small organization and they were interested in marketing. They'd never done any sort of marketing activity before, but were kind of aware that they needed to do it. So I actually ended up leading the sales and marketing team there, which was kind of my first foray into what actually marketing in the real world looks like. And then from there, landed a really great regional marketing role in a health and well-being organization, big global organization. We were a very small little APAC arm. It was mostly, they'd actually found it, been founded in Melbourne, but had been purchased by a larger US organization. So it was kind of that weird transition of being the center of creative and marketing excellence to being this one little kind of sales and service arm with a little bit of regional marketing. Unfortunately, that meant that there wasn't a lot of growth opportunity because things were kind of shrinking a little bit in that organization in, within APAC. It was kind of time to move on to try and move up in the world. And so I went into startup, which was the most exciting nine months of my life. Fully fledged marketing role, building things from scratch, just learning as you go, trying absolutely everything. I'd 100% do it again, but probably not for the same organization. And so after that, I moved into my current role at NYOB, where I've been for just over a year. I'm part of the NYOB organization looks after our enterprise customers. So we look after ERP and enterprise payroll software. And it's been really exciting to be part of that acquisition journey. And I've recently promoted, been promoted to lead that acquisition team for the enterprise industries market at NYOB. So it's been a little bit of a crazy ride, um, but a really exciting one with lots of opportunity to and exposure to different disciplines within marketing. Yeah, that's awesome. And congratulations on promotion. Thank you. There's so much there. I love it. I kind of, 
I feel like the graphic design and the marketing bit is always really interesting, especially when you're looking at B2B, because we all know how important creative is. So, and it had been one of those things that you definitely didn't realize when you were studying it, but now you look back at it and think, oh my God, I know so much. and I understand so much more about the creative side of things because of how I approached it. And to think it was just to keep your parents happy. Yeah, exactly. And it has been really handy, even in the sense of working closely with creatives when you're trying to get the message across. It's almost like have a little bit of a sense of the language because quite often it's difficult for marketers to put themselves in the shoes of a creative and understand what language they speak. So being able to nail a brief and understand what kind of information they need to carry something off creatively, it's actually come really in handy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like from a sales, like going from managing the sales and marketing team, being a recruitment in the kind of sales aspect and then the lead acquisition, like all of that just ties so nicely together. And obviously it doesn't sound like it was on purpose, but it feels like it's just been this really like natural kind of flow where everything's built on top of the next thing. And therefore you've got this really great understanding of all of it. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It hasn't been deliberate at all. I feel like a lot of it's been quite accidental and a case of, oh my goodness, I've landed on my feet again. That's half of life, right? Is just chance. Um, But absolutely an understanding, particularly in acquisition, the role of the sales guys, Mm -hmm. having been the person who, you know, I work really closely in my current role with, the team that handles our marketing qualified leads, being the person in the past that's had to divvy those out to sales or make those calls myself or, you know, nurture someone if they've made an inquiry helps understand and appreciate a little bit more closely what their day-to-day looks like and what they're measured on so that you can work backwards and work really closely with them as a marketer and get a little bit closer to their processes and help them out a little bit more. And I think there's just that level of empathy there. Exactly what you're saying. When you've been on the other side of it, you've got this level of empathy that you wouldn't have if not. And therefore that empathy, I'm sure, builds a bit more trust and respect from them in terms of they're not going to turn around and be like, oh, you've just thrown some crap leads over this month. Like it's not, it's not sales versus marketing in this instance, right? It's one team, one dream. Exactly. A much closer relationship. Nice. I guess um, if you could go back to the beginning, of your career, what do you think is the one bit of advice or the one thing that you wish you knew when you started that you know now? There is an awful lot. If I had to choose one, it would be the advice of non-linear. I think Mm. the expectation is that when you leave uni, you're going to go on a particular trajectory. You've got a certain set of skills. You're going to use those. You're going to climb some corporate ladder if you just work hard and stay with it. But in reality, it doesn't happen like that. It's a series of sidesteps, picking up on interests, finding out things exist. The space that I work in, I didn't know that SaaS was a thing when I finished uni. I had no idea what tech or B2B marketing was. But yeah, I think that not concentrating on a linear progression, expecting to be promoted every two years of service and whatever, and that it would be very much a sidestepping journey into different interest areas and different opportunities. Yeah. I think that's great. But I think there's something in there as well, just about following your interests. You know, having a conversation with somebody else earlier and just them saying, essentially it took them probably too long in their career to realize that you don't chase the money, you chase your passions. And if you chase your passions, the money comes. And it's so true, like by following your interests, it's kind of all just tied really nicely together and you've ended up it being exactly where you want to be. And it's not, you know, it's not always been easy and it's not been linear, but you have got there in the end. And like you say, you landed on your feet every time and that's not luck. That's that you and your ability. A bit of luck, so. yeah. <laughs> a little bit <laughs> a little of luck and luck. a little bit of good timing, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of luck. But I think it's more, I mean, I'm a big believer some of it, you create your own luck to some instance, right? And that's about your attitude and, and how you handle the adversity that gets thrown your way. Yeah, I think that comes back to some advice I was given, the way that you create your own luck. A really, really, really smart GM that I used to work with has always been about telling your own narrative and telling your own story. And the advice came up as part of a conversation about 
interviewing for roles. But I think as we continue to talk, it became a lot more about creating a narrative for yourself and that's how you create luck. So you're the person who puts it out into the world and says, this is what I want. This is what I'm driving for. And that's how you come about being able to control those sidesteps a little bit more instead of being on a roller coaster and just chasing dollars all the time. But being able to hone in on particularly what you're interested in, what sparks your interest, what gets you up in the morning definitely helps you to create that story as well. I love that. I guess it's just always the importance of storytelling comes back to everything, doesn't it? Everything, marketing, everything personally. And the one thing I guess we most people struggle with is that personal narrative. We're really great at selling the products we sell. But sometimes when it comes to selling ourselves, it's a little bit difficult. So I think that's really great advice. Absolutely terrible at selling ourselves. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. When I interviewed for my recent promotions, what the our um, head of marketing had said to me, now, Siobhan, this is all about selling yourself. This is not a time to be modest. You need to go in there and you need to tell us how great you are. <laughs> I'm going, Jane, I'm not sure I can do that, but okay. <laughs> I'll give it a go. <laughs> I love that. It's good advice though. I had um interview a while ago. I remember them saying, oh, you know, like it was the traditional, like, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And I was like, can I start with weaknesses? Because I'm much better at telling you what I'm bad at. And they just kind of looked at me and I was just like, it's like default position of like, here's all the stuff I'm bad at. And they're like, do you want to try the stuff that you're good at? And I was like, oh, I guess, <laughs> like if I have to. <laughs> totally interesting that it ends up being a tiny little list compared to, oh, this is the stuff that I really want to improve. <laughs> I know. So I guess on that, it sounds like you've had some really great career advice along the way. If that's the best career advice, what do you think's been the worst? Or have you had any particular career advice that you look back now and you think, oh my God, I can't believe I was told that. The absolute corker, the one that takes the cake. I was told that people who work in larger organizations or for corporates are just there to hide. They're not there to work. That's where you go to die. And desperately, and just like your whole career falls apart and you become someone completely lost within a large department. Wow. Totally could not, yeah, savage. Um, <laughs> could, having now moved into a large organization, that is so mm. far from the truth. I don't think I have met anyone at MYB or in a previous large global organization that is taking a ride. And the people who do get found out very quickly, I'm surrounded by people who work just as hard as those that I've worked with in startups and probably a little bit of the nature of my team and what we concentrate on, but there's absolutely no hiding and no shying away and I'm not here to go and die under a rock. (laughs) That was definitely the worst advice I've ever received. (laughs) Pretty savage. It obviously sounds like that person had a very bad experience that they would like to project onto everybody that they speak to. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's pretty terrible. I guess then, so it sounds like obviously there's been a little bit of luck as we've said but lots of kind of taking chances and just rolling your sleeves up and getting stuck into stuff particularly when it came to startup but what do you think has been the key to your success along the way? I think the one thing is probably the sense of getting stuck in and getting shit done definitely someone who wants to jump in and try things before things are fully fledged and I think as a marketer as things change really rapidly as we're given new tools, new tech, new opportunities, new insights. And there are so many changes to the way that our customers want to buy. I think it's really imperative to get in and try stuff and test and learn on, could be on a small scale initially, as long as it's broadly aligned to a strategy and not completely off message. Really, really important to get in, try stuff out and learn from that. I think that's where the biggest opportunities and learnings have come from in my career, definitely. Yeah, I love that. Just touching on there, so you're totally right. There's always new tech, new things happening. Obviously, the last 
however many months or are we going into years now? Things have changed as well from a global level. How do you stay on top of things? Like, How do you keep on top of, you know, trends, new tech and what's happening? So a couple of things I can think of. I'm ridiculously obsessed with marketing podcasts, which is shocking. But also more broadly, sort of business and B2B podcasts. And I find that they spark new ideas and whatever else. A lot of it's peer-to-peer. So always scrolling through LinkedIn unashamedly. And quite often there's people who aggregate comments around what particular tools they're using. And then there's brands that you admire. Everyone has a set of brands that are in your industry or not in your industry, in your Mm -hmm. space that you really admire. You love what they do and work backwards to figure out how they've done it. So you go onto their website and you have a look at the tools that they've got. You have a look at the way that they've structured things or the way they're messaging things. And it becomes kind of your own little, what do you call it? Like a flip book or a swipe file. It becomes almost a swipe file of things that you find really inspiring and you can take your own sort of lean on it and your own tact on things. That's probably... Yeah, I would say the obsession with podcasts, obsession with peer-to-peer on social and creating that own swipe file of things that you find really inspiring. Love it. On podcasts, what's your go-to or like if you had to pick one or two for us to listen to? Okay. Mm. I am a DGMG nerd, unashamed. I think every marketer is, right? Personally, I really liked his original DGMG podcast for the simple fact that he spoke with marketers less about the tactical level of stuff and more about the strategic level and particularly how they he built, like they were building their own teams. Yeah. It'd be from, you know, small startups right to huge global, global organizations and how they think about managing the skills of their team and how they build out their teams. Super interesting stuff. I also really love Chris Walker, who doesn't, again, also a bit of a babe, so that helps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Mandem Podcast, for the same reasons, it gives really great interviews and insights into a huge breadth of organisations and that they do tend to be a little bit more hacky, ideas-inspiring sort of stuff. So I think between the two, it's a really nice blend. Yeah, I love both of those. Good shout. And then I guess on brands, what are your go-to brands to geek out on? Oh, love Gong. Absolutely yeah. love Gong. Again, love what... Yeah. Oh, love what Kyle Lacey's done over at Lessonly. They've just been acquired. He's cool. I also, I follow this. Have you heard of Offended Marketing? Dan Kelsel. Love what Dan Kelsel's doing over at Offended Marketing. They're actually a small UK agency, but they work with larger sort of organizations and the way that they carry off their brand. I mean, who would call an agency offended? (laughs) Is awesome. They've got a really cool community called Thoughts Mm -hmm. on My Views Are My Own is hilarious if you like that sort of no BS sort of um, advice. Yeah, they would be the ones that I would geek out on definitely. Love it. I have a massive brand crush on Lessonly. Um, I'm interested to see like how it all merges and I have done for ages. I remember being in when I was over in Toronto for a while coming across them then and just being like and I think it was something on Twitter. I can't remember how it came up but I tried to get a book because they've written a couple of books now and I've got them both here but it was the first one and they didn't ship outside the US. So I think I put something on Twitter and they came back straight away and were like, we'll send you one. Amazing. And I was like, oh, yes. like I don't have any Twitter followers. I'm quite literally no one. And they, they like sent me the book free of charge, posted it, it cost them a fortune to post and then put all these like lesson, these stickers and stuff in it. Um, it's adorable. Yeah. And just like little bits and pieces that you see them do. I think they've just done a really good job of brand and community in the same way that I guess Dave did at Drift. And that's why we love to geek out on that. 
I feel like they have, and they've just really owned their niche. So it'll be interesting to see how that moves when they move with Seismic and how that's all going to come together. I'm quite intrigued as to how that's going to work. Same, watching that very closely. It could go one of either way, right? Like, yeah. I think because they will have such loyal brand followers. And I guess, again, one of the things that popped up the other day around, like, you know, you've got a brand when people will pay for your merch and the whole Oli Lama merch range which I've always loved actually went on the other day when I got the pup to see whether they had any like cute dog stuff but they didn't have any yes, <laughs> I'm gonna keep an eye on that yeah no I think they're great ones and Gong yeah I mean like he doesn't love what Gong they're doing exactly yeah I know yeah. it's it's like the total typical marketing answer right but Udi's doing no, awesome things thing. and he's a hilarious guy at the I can't remember the, the name of the guy who runs their social but hilarious like memes all day it's so oh, really? out of the ordinary for what like a brand would do on LinkedIn. Yeah. But it's actually hilarious. And I don't know whether that's like, because I find boomer humor so amazing. <laughs> I, I love it, but I don't know. Look, I'm a nerd. Like I'm terrible. I am so out of touch that the only time I t- see TikTok videos is on LinkedIn. So like, let's not, <laughs> I'm not cool. <laughs> okay. I might just ask last question then. Yeah. Who else would you like to hear from on the podcast? Whose career story would you like to hear? Oh my goodness. <sighs> trying to think who am I crushing on? Jessica Box. Jessica Box. Okay. Yeah. So the person I would really like to know where about is Jessica Box. She's head of growth over at Linktree, but she um, is quite involved in girls in tech as well. Oh, that yeah. should be super interesting to hear from. Awesome. Cool. I'll reach out and see what we can do. Thank you for today. I really appreciate it. Want to know more about how to get ahead? Be sure to check out striving.io for career development tools and mentorships to guide you through. Striving and thriving. 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 Striving and thriving.